Welcome to In the Vein, a podcast by students at the University of Colorado School of Medicine. My name is Molly Murphy. I'm a member of the class of 2025, and this is a segment called The Inside Scope, where I interview current students about their academic experiences in the hopes of providing tips, tricks, and general advice to the next class. Alrighty, so I am here this week with Brandon and Sam. Do you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves? Yeah, Brandon, introduce yourself first. Yeah, so my name is Brandon Bellin. I'm a second-year medical student at the Colorado Springs Health Equity LIC. Um, I'm from Indiana originally, went to college at Indiana University, studied biochemistry and Spanish linguistics, and graduated in 2021, and now I'm here. And my name's Sam Mathai. Um, I'm a second-year med student as well in the Colorado Springs branch. Um, I did my undergrad, or well, I guess I'm originally from San Diego. I did my undergrad at Colorado College, um, also in Colorado Springs. Go Tigers. And graduated in 2018, took a couple years off, did a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, and yeah, now I'm here in our clinical year. Awesome. Um, yeah, and so I, I kind of forgot to mention before, but um, both of you are at the Colorado Springs branch. Um, how many people are at the Colorado Springs branch? There are 23 of us down here, Rudy. Okay. And you're split into what are the two different um, like focuses? Yes. I I should have mentioned, Brandon mentioned he was in the health equity LIC, which is um, one of the LICs. And then the other LIC, which I'm in, is quality improvement, kind of what it sounds like, which is focusing on uh, like a quality improvement project, looking at a systems-based or clinic-based sort of um project to create better outcomes okay and then why don't you guys just start by like speaking to kind of like why you chose the colorado springs branch or if you didn't choose it like what you've liked about being there yeah so sam and i actually both chose to be down here we're part of the last class that actually had to apply to the colorado springs branch when we were matriculated and so right when we got accepted we kind of knew we wanted to be down here and my biggest motivation for that was I really had no idea what specialty I wanted to do um, coming into medical school. And so I thought having less residents and fellows in Colorado Springs would really let me do some hands-on work and help me figure out kind of where I was supposed to do, where I was supposed to be in medicine. Yes, that is a, a really good encapsulation of why it's so great down here and why I chose it. Um, I, like I said, I went to college here in the spring, so I was like familiar with the area um, I had like some support system down here, so I knew like personally it would be good. Um, and also just randomly my roommate while I was living in the Springs started dating someone who was in the Colorado Springs branch and they just were raving about how great an experience it was. Um, and like how it really set them up for what they wanted to do. And that was a selling point for me was just, I like happened to know this person um, in the branch who like just had nothing but amazing things to say about it. Awesome. Um, And to clarify really quick, did you say that there's not going to be like, they're not going to require you to apply to the Springs branch anymore? <sighs> With, so like previously it was its own branch. So like there was two branch programs, right? Us um, and Fort Collins. 
and the rural program, I guess. Um, but now they've just folded under the LIC match. So I like, see. I think they found out already. Yeah, the MS1, um, where their sites are. But you just, you know, you rank Colorado Springs next to Denver Health, uh, Kaiser, et cetera. I see. Okay. Whereas you guys had chosen Colorado Springs before even coming to med school? Yep. Oh, yep. I see. I did not realize that. Okay. That's super interesting. So how has the experience in the Springs um, lived up to your expectations or fallen short? It's the best. It's the best LIC. <laughs> That's not biased. It's actually data proven. The, the, from, data the data proven. Sh- yes. The yeah. data shows. Yeah. So our LIC directors have a history of having 100% form completion for our end of year comprehensive evaluations. And that is not the case for all the other LICs. Mm. But in retrospect, we have been around for eight or nine years compared to all the other LIC sites, which just started this year. So we kind of have a leg up in terms of organization and kind of what our leadership team knows, um, how the grading committee works, kind of what they're expecting and they just have a lot of great connections in the community for our preceptors. Best leadership, best food, best preceptors, best looking, uh, <laughs> most fun. I, it's the best LIC. Okay. All right. Well, I have some lot of questions from that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The first one I wanted to say was that is actually so huge, the response rate to the evaluations, because that is a huge problem that our class is experiencing across LIC sites. And I just kind of thought that was a universal experience that like evals, no one likes filling out evals. And this year, the evals are worth a lot for our clinical grades, especially now that shelf exams are pass-fail. Um, so it's kind of the only data that they have to go off of for grading us. Um, but I did not realize that Colorado, Colorado Springs branch does not really have that issue. Regarding comprehensive. comprehensive. Uh, okay. <laughs> still a little bit in the works, but we do have a higher response rate for brief evaluations compared to the other sites as well. Okay. Okay. That's helpful. That's good to know. Um, and do you think that's just because like you're, like you said, there's not a bunch of residents running around that your attendings are solely focused on you? I think part, I, I mean, I honestly don't know all the ins and outs of that, but I do know that legitimately like our LIC directors, they work very closely together because like we are in different LICs, but like for all intents and purposes, the Springs branch functions as one unit. Um, but they are like very, very passionate about hunting down our evals. And I think like it being a little smaller uh, of a town helps because they tend to know our preceptors very well. They at least like are familiar with them. So um, they kind of have that personal connection, which helps. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, the other thing I was going to ask is um, you mentioned that the Springs branch has been doing the LIC model for eight years now. Um, I did not realize that. Is that the oldest or the like the longest LIC site that we have? Do you guys know? Yeah, so Dean Stickrath actually helped start the Colorado Springs branch a long time ago. And he had kind of just envisioned it with the longitudinal curriculum. So they did that. And then a few years later is when uh, Dr. Adams started the Denver Health LIC. And so they've been around for a few years. And then this year, of course, everybody's transitioned to that model. I see. Okay. I did not realize that. Um, have Do you feel like compared to what you've heard from other classmates that like 
the whole purpose of the LIC model, which is to have like this longitudinal care of patients, has worked better at Colorado Springs? Or do you feel like the other sites have caught up? I think I think that it is a mixed that yes, from a scheduling and administrative perspective, the branch has been functioning for so long that like this was, you know, the the Colorado or the uh, university's big transition um, to the LIC model was not not a transition for Colorado Springs. Um, so I think there's we've had a lot of administrative support and like the preceptors are used to the model. Um, so I think from that perspective, it's been very, very easy. Um, as far as like the longitudinality and seeing patients, and I think that's difficult as students, but I don't think that's unique to Colorado Springs. Okay. That's helpful. The other thing I was going to ask was, um, yeah, you mentioned the whole like not having residents and fellows and interns and all these other people involved and kind of getting that more focused mentorship from your preceptors. Um, and I was just kind of curious, can you provide more detail as to what your experience has looked like on like, let's say an IM rotation or a surgery rotation, like specifically the inpatient immersions? Um, because I feel like the outpatient LIC stuff has got to look pretty similar across the board where it's just you and a, and a preceptor working one-on-one, but I have no conception of what like a surgical or OB-GYN um, or psych rotation would look like without residents and interns. Cause like coming from somebody who at children's like are and any other site for the most part, um, except for like rural sites and stuff, but so much of our daily interactions are not actually with attendings and they are with like interns and residents. And I think there's a lot of benefit to that, but I also could see how that like one-on-one nature is super beneficial as well. So can you guys kind of like speak to like what that daily structure looked like? Yeah. For the most part, all of our attendings down here have been practicing medicine for 15 plus years. And so while we don't get people fresh out of medical school and doing their intern year and residency, I think that's kind of a leg up for us because they do have this wide depth of knowledge that, you know, younger physicians might not have. I think they also are great historians. Like they can teach us a lot about um, different ways pathologies were treated in the past and how they've transitioned throughout the years. And they really focus a lot, I think, on evidence-based medicine, talking about different trials that have occurred and kind of led to the changes that they're seeing throughout their careers. Um, but specifically on inpatient, you know, we are one-on-one, like you said, with attendings. And so we do, we pretty much are just thrown into doing all of our patients ourselves and putting orders in and discharging when we think appropriate. And our attending is kind of just guiding us and giving us education on the way there. And so I think it's a little different too, because down here, we are a level one trauma center at um, Central and um, North and things like that, but we're not necessarily an academic institution like the University Hospital or Children's up in Aurora. And so we have community doctors that just do all their own work. They don't have residents and fellows and interns doing it for them. And so we get to work side by side rather than with like this middleman. And I think that's beneficial and that applies to surgery as well. You know, we're usually first assists in all the procedures we're not standing on the side, um, just, you know, holding our hands up, trying not to break sterile field. Like we're in, <laughs> we're in the procedure, we're there to help and um, just getting all that hands-on experience, I think is a big difference between Colorado Springs and some of the other sites. Just to jump off that, like inpatient, I think the inpatient medicine, I think is cool because typically it'll be you and like one or two other students on an inpatient week. 
um, and you show up, you like maybe talk with your attending in the morning. Um, they were like, okay, go see your patients, get ready around. And then, um, you go around with them. And so it's like maybe two or three people, um, and you're rounding just with like your preceptor or another student. So that's like what it looks like. And I think that's really cool. And then surgery, I think like truly the biggest strength of Colorado Springs is that you get to do so much. That's true for rural programs as well, but we kind of have the best of both worlds where we get to do so much in surgery and we have all of like the surgical specialties and we have a level one trauma center. Um, so it's not like you don't see anything either. Yeah. I mean, I can speak to my own personal experience cause it like really gets me jazzed up the ability to like really be involved and like making incisions and like, you know, tying sutures um, and like having your hands in an abdomen or, or what have you. Um, I think it's like pretty invaluable, um, which is why also in the past Colorado Springs has been like a pretty surgery heavy branch as far as like what people match into just because we end up getting so much exposure. Yeah, I definitely did not realize that or maybe took that for granted a little bit. Just assuming that all like that the experiences at every site would round out to being about the same. And I actually don't think that's true. And that's not a bad thing. Um, but that was something I was always curious about is like, especially surgery, because surgery is surgery is one where you can either be the meds. There's just such a drastic range of what you can do as a med student. Cause you're so right to be honest, like at children's, um, I'm in my surgery rotation right now and I've been, I'm really interested in surgery and have expressed that. So I've been lucky to have great mentors, um, and the people I've worked with, but I've heard from a lot of people that like you mostly stand and watch, you know, and yeah. that, whereas you guys are first assisting, like those are drastically different experiences. Um, so I think that's super valuable to know um, when you're kind of deciding what site you want to be at. Yeah. I think the one word to kind of summarize that aspect of the Springs is ownership. Like as students, we get complete ownership of our patients. Mm. I think in Denver, you can try to have ownership of your patients, but there are also four other people doing that. Whereas it's one-on-one, -on -one, like our patients and us. And even beyond surgery, like psychiatry, for instance, I do a lot of inpatient psychiatry with my preceptor. And the end of the year goal she has for me is to really be in charge of the unit and do all the rounding for them, recommending medication changes and what kind of therapy modalities those patients need. And then at the end of the day, she'll stop by and see how everything's going. And so um, I have supervision, of course, but I have a lot of independence and I get to treat patients like. I am the MD and I'm the one making them better. Yeah. yeah. I think that's also a great point. Like I don't have that particular experience in psychiatry because we have different um, psychiatry experiences, but like in my surgical clinic, I go in and see the patient and for the most part, barring any like really crazy stuff. Um, but like, I'll go in and see the patient, talk to them, get a history and then walk them through you know, it's general surgery. So we see hernias all the time. And so I'll see the patient, talk to them, explain what a hernia is, complications, why we repair them, yada, yada, what the surgery looks like. And then basically like I go get my surgeon and he consents the patient uh, and like signs the form, but he allows me to do like 75% of the like clinical visits, which 
yeah, it's so cool. That's amazing. I feel like that's kind of the whole point of clinical year is to go from being a med student to being ready to be a doctor. And so I definitely think that like being forced to be on your own and function autonomously is such a huge growing opportunity. And um, yeah, definitely one that, again, I figured happened no matter where you are. And it definitely happens to some extent, but different sites offer different opportunities for sure. Um, that was actually something yeah. I wanted to ask you guys about is, so if there's no intern and resident there, who gets there early in the morning and runs the numbers? Like who, who's doing that? Is that you and the attending? Is that just you? Or do you guys not have to show up at four, at like four thirty-five in the morning? What does that look like? Well, I think it's going to be a little different. So like for our surgery, we have surgery immersion um, in the beginning of the year. So we do like one week. Um, and your surgery immersion is with your like longitudinal preceptor. Like it just kind of looks different for everyone. My preceptor happens to be a general surgeon who takes like a lot of call, but also does a lot of clinic. So I will get there early and like, prep stuff but a lot of times it's outpatient surgery so it's like not that big of a deal like i could probably show up half an hour before cases started and be fine um but we do have a requirement to take trauma call so that's a little different like we typically have at least one resident on the trauma service so you do kind of follow the resident around on your trauma call shifts but yeah i mean i think Brandon has a little bit of a different experience. Yeah, most of our, everyone in Colorado Springs, our surgeons are all technically elective procedures. And so I also see a lot of hernias and um, like gallbladder removals. But if you ever have a patient that needs to stay in the hospital overnight for any reason, you know, the expectation for us is to be rounding on them in the morning and then reporting to our preceptors, even if we're not necessarily on surgery that day. Okay. Um, so we don't necessarily like run all the numbers, but if we have someone in the hospital, staying overnight then we are expected to kind of do that and i guess that's like it's good and bad right like because it's not as realistic for other surgical experiences yeah or like residency yeah yeah but But, it's fun yeah that's totally fair and actually to that as well do you guys you guys come back next year to anschutz right you won't be in the springs yeah, so we actually got the choice for third year whether to come back for advanced sciences or not. And so okay. five of us, me not included, but five of our classmates will be staying in the springs. Um, and then the rest of us are all coming back for okay. third year. And so will those people who stay in the springs do all of their clinical experiences third year, including like, I know, I think we start sub-eyes in kind of the end of third year. Will they do those in the springs or will they kind of branch off? So it's totally up to them. The Campus requirement is that you do at least one sub-I or AI on campus. And so they'll have to do at least, you know, one surgery or internal medicine rotation up here. But then beyond that, there are like 19 electives in the springs for third and fourth year that they can choose to do down there. Oh, okay. So they will essentially be functioning, like you said, as their entirely own branch. Yeah, they do have like certain requirements that will require them to drive up um, throughout third and fourth year. But beyond that, it's really kind of up to them. Okay. That's super interesting. Is there anything else that you guys want to speak to specifically to the Colorado Springs branch before we move on to kind of hearing about your guys' individual path? Obviously, we've talked a lot about like the positives in Colorado Springs. I think there are certain things to consider when, you know, choosing a site that's far from Denver. 
if you want, you know, a feature in academic medicine or having your own research lab, I think it is advantageous to stay in Denver where there is a lot more robust research going on, you know, cutting edge, world changing research. In Colorado Springs, we do have some projects, but it's not as, you know, available compared to the students up in Denver or Anschutz. Um, and then also, you know, there are just 23 of us. So sometimes, you know, you miss friends from first year. And if you're someone that needs a lot of social support and you feel like you won't necessarily get that in a small group of people, then that's just something to consider as well. That's a great point. Yeah, Sam, do you have anything to add to that? Kind of like the negatives? I, yeah, I mean, I think the research thing is a good point. You can certainly find it down here if you want it. But again, like you're not on campus where or near campus where there's like always research going on. I don't really have any other negatives. What are you guys thinking of going into? Do you know yet? Like what has your personal journey through this clinical year been like? Came in uh, to this clinical year thinking like, I like family medicine. And then I went through all my uh, immersions. And I was like, oh my God, I like everything. Like I really like my peds immersion or peds like inpatient immersion. I really liked um, OBGYN. And I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I think I've narrowed it down now. Like I was kind of talking to you before, the Springs has traditionally been very sur surgically heavy. Um, and I think right now I'm interested in surgery and uh, trauma surgery. Good yeah, for you. it's scary. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> That's amazing, though, that you've gotten such, because you were saying like they're a level one trauma center. So I'm sure you've gotten to see your fair share of trauma. Yeah, it's been, it's been really cool. I just... I was resisting it for a long time, but um, I started like looking forward to my surgical days when I was in other clinics. So I was like, oh, I think it's I think it's time to give in. Yeah, that's a great point, too. I feel like I've gotten a lot of advice on how to tell what you're loving. Um, and that's that's a really good one of like what you're looking forward to in your week. Um, I've also heard the lunch test, like if you're in a rotation and you know exactly when lunch is and how long it is until lunch, like that's probably not the rotation for you or the specialty yeah, for you. That's a great one. I know. I kind of love that one. And the rotations where like you find yourself being so busy and enthralled in what you're doing that you forget to eat lunch, um, yeah, polar yeah. opposite kind of reactions. So, uh, but yeah, I like that a lot. Um, Brandon, what about you? Yeah, I was in a similar boat to Sam. I... Coming into medical school, like I mentioned before, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And throughout first year, everything really interested me in terms of organ systems and pathology. And so my way to get around that was just doing the broadest specialty possible. So I was like, I'll do med-peds, you know, do the best of internal medicine, the best of kids. So that was my plan. And I think eventually I would have subspecialized in some kind of pediatric field. Um, and I was initially wanting to do PT monk, I think, in the end. And so I actually had a PT monk preceptor and I found out that it wasn't really the specialty for me. And so I kind of reached this crisis where I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, but kind of like Sam, the more that I've gone through this year, I realized that I love internal medicine and rounding and thinking of broad pathology, but my hands get like really antsy. Like I need to do something to occupy myself. And so I've determined that I have to do some kind of procedural specialty and even the short procedures like, you know, venipuncture or doing an intubation, like those are just too short for me. And so I've kind of come to the conclusion that I think I want to do surgery as well. Um, but I've always had a knack with like working with kids and I've always loved being a mentor and, you know, working with that population. And so tentatively, I would like to do pediatric surgery at this point. So we'll see 
if that changes in the future. Yeah, that's really cool. Have you gotten to see a lot of Pete's surgery in the Col- in the Colorado Springs branch, or has most of that been like sent to Denver kind of thing? So we do have pediatric surgeons down here as well. My preceptor is not that, but we actually have a classmate here who does all pediatric surgery. And so um, moving forward in the year, I'm actually trying to get some time at that um, children's hospital so I can see more of those procedures. Yeah, I think that's an important thing to mention as well about the Springs branch is Aurora obviously has um, children's, uh, which like is our step up facility if needed. But we have a children's hospital down here, a children's hospital campus um, that is like has every specialty. I mean, we have surgery and room and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so like we have a, a really good uh, pediatric experience as well. Oh, that's really cool. I didn't I didn't know that. Um, That was actually yeah. something that I thought of asking, too. Have you seen do you feel like you've gotten a good feel for all the different subspecialties that exist within the larger specialties at the Springs branch? I think overall, Colorado Springs pretty much has most specialties that people at this stage in their career would be interested in. A lot of the very specialized procedures will be transferred from the Springs to Denver. Like we don't have any transplant down here. So if you wanted to do like transplant surgery, um, dermatology inpatient, we usually have to defer that somewhere else because there aren't a lot of, you know, hospital dermatologists, a lot of private practice. Um, but beyond that, we have, you know, electrophysiology, we have a lot of interventional specialties, but if the pathology is just like super rare and they kind of need people that do that 24 seven and then they get sent up to Denver. Yeah. And I think like one of the big things that I've seen as far as transferring people up to, uh, Anschutz or children's is just the availability of subspecialists, like on the weekend, for example, um, like we can typically get whatever specialists we need. Um, but like sometimes if someone needs like around the clock rheumatology, then like sometimes they'll say, Oh, like you'll be better served up North. Um, cause like we don't have rheumatology on the weekends. Um, but yeah, I feel like we we've, we've gotten good exposure and they do a good job of like, if you express like, you know, Brandon here was like, I think I like key monk and, was exposed to hemonk like pretty responsibly so um they do a good job of of getting us what specialties we want um but yeah just no transplant yeah that's like i we should have mentioned that during kind of the pros of colorado springs as well just because we've been around for so long a lot of the community doctors really like working with students even though they're not you know affiliated with the university and so we get a lot of flexibility and leeway with our personal schedules like me personally yeah. I was in PT mock for a while and then when I decided I didn't want to do that anymore they switched me over to a different specialty and so they're like well what do you need to work on and I said I'm not very good with my antibiotics and kind of what organisms cover what and so they put me with peds infectious disease and so that's my new preceptor and I had some experience in critical care and pulmonology because I wanted to work on my physical exam skills with the lungs and they just offer us a lot of opportunity to enhance our clinical skills. And I know Sam has had some of that enrichment as well. Yeah. 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 We should have, we should have mentioned that. No, um, thank you for mentioning it now. That's really, really great to know. Cause I feel like that's something that I've seen down um, in like other campuses, L- other LIC sites is that there's not a whole lot of flexibility in terms of who your preceptors are or what experiences you're seeing. Like for example, I, 
my OB-GYN preceptor is an MFM and I happen to be very interested in MFM. So I've been loving it, but I've realized that I have no gyne clinic experience like whatsoever because our inpatient gyne rotation also doesn't offer gyne clinic experience. Like I saw so many gyne, like gynecological surgeries and they were amazing, but I never got to see the outpatient side of things. And so that's something I have, I have to like kind of seek out on my own time as more of a shadowing experience and not really something that I get to just like adjust my clinical year to accommodate. So that's really yeah. cool that you guys have that opportunity. Yeah. And just to spitfire some other specialties I know our friends are involved with, um, pediatric emergency medicine, pediatric yeah. urology, yeah. Um, plastic surgery. We have a few people doing that. We have someone doing gyne-onc because they want to do kind of more surgery. And so they tailor their gyne- OB-GYN experience to gyne-onc. Um, mm-hmm. Gastroenterology, we have people that are doing that for their IM immersion or preceptors. And so mm-hmm. pretty much any specialty that you're interested in, like our directors are great at connecting you with some kind of community physician. And even if it's just for a day, like they will set you up with them. That's awesome. Um, that's really good to know. Thank you guys for uh, pointing that out. What general advice do you guys have, whether that's any like mistakes you've made, lessons you've learned, study tips, how to prepare for like first day in the OR, anything along those lines? My advice is very important and it's food based. And that is, we were talking about the lunch test before, like you never know when your day is just going to go sideways, right? Like sometimes you are in like a very calm clinic and then like you get a patient that just like needs double the amount of time allotted to them. And then like you get behind and you can't catch up and you miss lunch. Like just always have a snack on you. Like I carry in my bag right now. Like I know that if I needed it, I could go grab a snack. And then also Something that I do because I like enjoy the process is I have been baking a lot and I don't like to eat as much as I like to bake. So I just bring, you know, I'll bring like a batch of cookies or something to the OR or to my pediatric clinic. And I don't give it to my preceptor because like that's, that's not the point, right? That's like, that's bribery. This is more like, (laughs) I want the nurses to like remember who I am. So like. And it's so simple. So like if you have 30 minutes during the week, there's not a hospital or a clinic on earth that dislikes free food. (laughs) That's awesome. I really like the snack comments. Someone also told me that. And it's so accurate. Like sometimes you just don't know when you're going to get to eat and like being hangry makes your day so horrible. (laughs) So yeah, I like that. That's a good one. I I have like a few pieces of advice for this year. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of stuff with like pro reps as well. And so I think kind of what I tell students who are coming into their first year is pretty similar to what I tell first years going into their clinical years. I think number one, just know what your non-negotiables are. Um, The clinical year is a tough year for different reasons. Um, It's all kind of self-directed and independent. And so you kind of have to not necessarily have motivation, but have discipline. I think a lot of people are like, I'm not motivated today, but there are times where even if you're not motivated, like you need to do something. And I think that's where the discipline comes in. Um, But at the same time, you need to determine when you need that recharge and reset. And so for me, I call at least my parents once a week. And hopefully I can also call like a buddy from college or someone from my hometown once a week. I find that those conversations kind of get me away from medicine um, because I think that's kind of like what our lives turn into during clinical year um, and just kind of allow me to have a life. 
life outside of that. Um, something else is there are going to be like clinics that you hate going to. Um, and I think some people can get attitudes toward that and kind of some negative thoughts, but I just try to remind myself that this year is such a, a blessing to, you know, have the opportunity to work with patients. And so just kind of having that mentality of gratitude rather than, you know, I have to do this, but I get to do this. I think that's something that has probably been told to everybody at some point in medical school. Um, and then the last thing is this like work-life balance. I think a lot of people like to think about their balance in terms of days. Like I can have an hour today to, you know, watch TV or an hour to, you know, go on a run. But I think it's easier to think about it in terms of like weeks. So like this week, Tuesday is a lighter day. And so I'm going to do more of my wellness on Tuesday rather than trying to determine it, you know, by the hour and by the minute, just kind of think about it in a larger scale. Cause I think over time you'll realize that it evens out. Yeah, yeah. that is, that is a good point. Finding your non-negotiables is a good thing. I am willing, honestly, to prioritize getting eight hours of sleep over like most things. Um, so like I, I honestly would probably rather go to a clinic unprepared but well slept as opposed to really sleepy and like with some shoddy notes written down, um, which that is not advice for everybody. But, you know, that's my non-negotiable. That's is, is I have to be I have to sleep pretty well. Like for me, it's like I make time to cook. I make time to go to the gym. Um, and those are like really really useful in keeping me sane i think so um yeah just figure out whatever that is and then do it yeah i like that i think um med school is definitely and just medical training in general is a marathon not a sprint so i think you guys yeah, bring up some yeah. really good points of how to avoid burnout you're gonna have little moments of failure in the short term but as long as you like find a way to like be sustainable at it then the long term will look yes. really promising so Thank you guys so much. Um, any last thoughts before I let you go? Yeah, I thought of one more like piece of advice that's more like academic related. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think a big thing for your grade at the end of the year is kind of how self-directed and motivated you were to learn on your own. And for me personally, I was initially reading on one specific disease a night and kind of looking at how it presents and things like that. And I found that that wasn't very helpful. And so I transitioned my studying to more chief concern based. And so when someone walks into the clinic and their concern is shortness of breath, I better have like a broad differential for all the things it could cause. And so I think that's allowed me to have more bang for my buck. Like I'm able to study a lot of different disease diseases and their treatments rather than just knowing one really well. Um, so that's just kind of a random point I have as well. That's a good one. Yeah, because like you can know everything about whatever myasthenia. And then if a patient comes in and they're in a myasthenic crisis and you don't know to put myasthenia on your differential, then it's not very helpful. So I think, yeah, studying by like differential and chief concern, that's a great piece of advice. Yeah, especially like I'm always surprised by like how little minute details like actual physicians remember about certain diseases and stuff and elijah actually brought up this point last time that like being a doctor is not about like remembering everything you learned in med school it's about like having the mental frameworks to like know the can't miss diagnoses and like exactly like what you're saying build a comprehensive differential and that doesn't mean you have to know like what receptor 
you know, necessarily. And it's a weird transition because last year, that's exactly what we had to know. You know, they didn't care really if you knew the broad concepts. It was like the minute details. Whereas this year, it's a total mental frame shift. And um, I think this year is gearing you up to be a physician. So the sooner you start practicing thinking that way, the better. And yeah. Yeah, we get to do this as opposed to like having to do stuff. At the end of the day, like sometimes I take a step back. I'm like, this is so cool. The other day, like I was in like a surgery and like I didn't do much because I, you know, it, it wasn't one where they needed me. But the fact that I was able to like talk to the patient beforehand and like answer some questions and like I get to go to my OBGYN clinic. I was there last week and I got to talk about someone's diagnosis and like talk them through it. Like that's so cool. You know what I mean? Like not many people get to do this. Um and I know that sounds cheesy, but it is cool to like step back sometimes and be like, I get to talk to people about medicine and it's so fun. So yeah. 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 First year is great. I think like when I look back on my first year experiences, I had a lot of great moments and a lot of knowledge that I learned. But the clinical year, when you know you approach a patient with this framework in your mind that you were talking about, Molly, and diagnosing them and knowing how to treat them, I think that's what makes the difference between a physician and a scientist. Like first year, I think everyone was scientists. Like we knew all yeah. the details and the mechanisms and things like that but this year is when we get to incorporate the communities and really know our patients talk to them and you know provide them with some kind of comfort and relief and if not just support yeah I love that no it's it's so true what they say like every year just keeps getting better and better and I think that makes it promising that we're all gonna love being physicians someday you know because I think the closer you get to that end goal um the more rewarding it is so um, yeah, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Hopefully all the first years headed to Colorado Springs next year are going to be really amped after hearing your guys' experiences. Thanks for joining us for this episode of In the Vein. We'd like to thank our interviewees for helping make this podcast possible. If you have ideas for an episode or have a suggestion for how to make our show better, please reach out to us at inthevainpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.